the Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, the fan, Justin and Ailish. Happy Blue Jays home opener. We made it. The vibe is high. Three out of four of the crew wearing Blue Jays today. Won't mention who is wearing black and I think maroon. you can probably connect the dots. Three. You forgot. I'm, uh... I'm not, you know, I'm not a sports memorabilia guy. Could you have worn I generally a shade of don't. blue, maybe? I just didn't think about it. There's a lot going on at about 4.30 in the morning That's when true. I'm choosing a tire. Right. And when I say a lot going on, I say very little brain power being used. <laughs> You'll bring the excitement. And today's a, a special day. Welcome to the new Look Rogers Center. We're going to be teeing that up this morning um, all day long. I think our station's going to be pumping the excitement through your ears. Of course. Through your eyes. We'll have a different lineup in terms of where our shows are being held. Stay tuned for that. But we made it, folks. The long-awaited Rogers Center will be open to the public. I already uh, I was listening to 680, our fellas, right across the, the door here. Mm-hmm. They're already down there outside the Rogers Center, like, getting the buzz. I'm like, I don't know how much of a buzz is at 545, but I respect the hustle. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's kind of like what news outlets do. They're camped like out there. But yeah, I don't know if people are going to be banging down the doors yet. Like, it's an exciting day, of course. New renovated Rogers Center. Mm-hmm. But uh, to suggest that there'll be action down there at 6 a.m. I think is a bit far-fetched. I will say today and tomorrow will be a lot of traffic around the Rogers Center area because obviously today's home opener. Tomorrow's the Vladdy Bobble. The smart move. The day after the Very home opener, you pump out You're probably your biggest uh, bobblehead in a long time one of them at least and that always has lines from i don't know 11 a.m noon that's the day to send 680 down there at 6 a.m yeah. maybe they'll send us we can uh we need a live on location at some point it should have been all day today that would have been a good idea everyone down there today yeah poor staff yeah that's a bit of a grind i guess we will have some of our shows down there We'll get to that. But and Tim and Friends down there. Tim today and as Friends, well. t- the final Tim and Friends today. Shout out to you. You made the montage yesterday. That was a great uh, emotional, tear jerking finale, at least in studio for Tim and Friends. Yeah, it was their final in studio Tim and Friends yesterday. Um, obviously, I feel like it's been a staple of the show in both iterations of Tim and Sid to Tim and Friends um, for a long time at Sportsnet. It was great to see that they got an opportunity to do a, a lovely send off from the studio. And tonight they'll do their send-off from the Rogers Center. So lots to look forward to. A very special day here. Um, Before we get to, we'll talk some Blue Jays, of course. We had a crazy night, really, in Toronto S-Sports. We had OT win for the Maple Leafs. We had a shootout victory for Team Canada, Team USA, which is maybe one of the most outlandish games I've ever been to. Most fun, exciting, gut-wrenching as a professional, I was in the press box and I was struggling to be uh, <laughs> professional. <laughs> mm-hmm. But we'll start with the biggest. You texted me after an early goal. Yeah. Did that continue? I mean, that that was a was white tough. knuckle OT yeah. shootout. How many rounds did that shootout? Like About nine, 10? I think. Nine. nine? Or 10. But you kept it together during the most <laughs> important Barely, moments. Barely, honestly. If there was a camera on me, it would have been it would have been tough, but. Nonetheless, Canada wins, and we win our wake and rake. What a way to start the week. Yeah. It's been a while since we got one of those, but against all odds, somehow we got all three legs yesterday. I mean, we were we were set up, well, we were set up pretty good, and then Chicago got ahead of Minnesota there, but Minnesota from the depth, three late goals, but we, I was I was getting a little annoyed because I was like, okay, Chicago, I mean, we got this. Minnesota's going to win this game, and then all those things started happening, late game between Canada and the United States, and I was like, 
We, we cursed this team. It was going to be We cursed a, this event because this is our fault. There's no way the Canadian women were letting this happen, but there are a lot of outside forces, and we'll get into that in a second. We sure will. Um, but yesterday, we had it, folks, the, the debut of Matthew Nyes as a Toronto Maple Leafs wearing jersey number 23. If you add up the numbers 1, 9, and 6, and 7, 1967. Oh, my gosh. What does that equal? How did you come up with that? 23. How did you come up with that? I've seen that multiple times on <laughs> social media over the last 24 hours after his uh, debut. But if you add up 1967, ghosts, it equals 23. The ghosts, they appear at this time of year, don't they? People are smart. They find a way to relate anything back to the Leafs last time they won the Stanley Cup. But it could be Matthew Nyes injected into the lineup, wearing number 23. You add the numbers up and he comes... And he changes the outlook of the Maple Leafs. Oh, I mean, it's an omen. Maybe it's a bad omen. I'm not really sure. 1967 is not a good number for the Maple Leafs. It just Leafs. had to be brought up for those that missed the 70 tweets that I saw about it. I'm one of those people somehow. I, 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 maybe I got to like revisit my follower list because I'm not getting pertinent information. Yesterday I missed on something with the Angels tweet yeah, that's been around forever. One of the most iconic the tweets. Matthews, Matthew Nye's good or bad omen I missed. So yeah, I'm struggling a little bit. Maybe okay. I need to take some tips from a follower standpoint. Right. But yes, big day, big day, a long-awaited night in Leafland. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like, oh. Well, first of all, it wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> Why wasn't it supposed to happen? Well, Matthew Nye's wasn't supposed to make his debut yesterday. Was he not? No, because ideal circumstances had passed the Leafs a long time ago, as Sheldon Keith mentioned. He was put in the lineup after an injury early on to, was it Lafferty? That, or who didn't play yesterday? Um, yeah, Sam Lafferty yeah, was Lafferty. supposed to play. He was pulled last minute, and they put Matthew Nyes in. It wasn't supposed to happen. Well, yeah, I suppose they didn't have any other options because they had to send Wayne Simmons down. And there was, there was, mm-hmm. yesterday was chaotic. I mean, Nyes got in. We got our buddy Shenard. And another ATO in the in the backup position. We got Gustafson hurt in warm-up. Shen comes in without mm-hmm. a warm-up. It was pretty chaotic, and it is a chaotic finish to this Maple Leaf season. It's a little unnerving. I got to be honest with you. Like Samsonov, I, I don't know. We, I don't really want to talk about the injury stuff or the pseudo-injury stuff, whatever. It is what it is. He looks uncomfortable at times, but he's fine. So we're just going to accept it as it is, which is he looks uncomfortable sometimes, but he is fine. But if he has to play tonight in Tampa... Second half of Mm back-to-back because they cannot get a backup goaltender in who has any NHL experience because of injuries and cap stuff. It's kind of, it's unnerving, to Mm -hmm. say the least. But we will see what happens tonight. We won't go too far in on that. But back to Nyes, we expected him to come in and play one, two, all three of these games. And it's the long-awaited debut. It's something we've been talking about forever. Is he going to give the playoff jolt or not? To me, when I watch that game, He's not in the conversation for game one. Like, there has to be multiple injuries for him to be in the conversation. And kind of are one. right now with the arm croak. And, and there are things going on, but I feel like that's more maintenance to yes, make sure you're I ready agree. for six days from now. It, it doesn't seem like these things are really, really pressing. To me, it's like it's pick and choose between Simmons and Nyes based on what you need if there's an injury to the already existing top 12. Did you look at it any different than that? I didn't. Um, I will say... I'll give a guy a little bit of benefit of doubt. He's had a pretty crazy 48 hours. And I will also say we as a collective Toronto fan base market media have had lofty expectations on a guy that, to be honest, how many games did you watch of his college career from start to finish? Not many. Definitely down the stretch when we got the buzz. Zero from start to finish, I'll tell you that. 
I will say there there was yeah there was certainly a lot of nerves. Was understandably, there? I think there was. Well, he made a couple blunders, right? He, he did flub and his I, first I, shot in warm Yeah, up. he did. And I will say that that probably is something that comes with a little bit of uh, comfortability in the playoffs. But I didn't look at Matthew Nyes last night and say he is the factor, 2.0, of this Maple Leafs playoff run. And he is a, a shoe-in for game one or he is a contributor to this Maple Leafs playoff series, number one, against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Not to say that there aren't good skill sets about him that I liked. Like, he is certainly a very crafty, talented, skilled guy. But there was moments where it felt like, I don't know if I feel super comfortable putting him in a moment in an NHL playoff when he doesn't have the level of experience that some other guys will have just being in the league. And what I've said is not meant to be a, a negative. Like, I am I look at him, I'm like, yeah, I'm really excited to see him compete for, for sure. a roster spot next season. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he can be a player. I'm a little bit more confident in the well-rounded nature of his game, the tools, tool set that he has, than, say, a Nick Robertson, who is a pure goal scorer and can only help you if he's playing one specific role, which is second or first line left wing. Yeah. Like that's the only way Nick Robertson can help you. I'm I'm sure Matthew Nyes who played on a third line could play on any of the top three lines next season and grow into a role and be a good NHL player sooner than later. But you, you laid it out perfectly. You're jumping on a moving train. You're coming into the most serious of serious NHL games. And it's a lot, whether it's nerves, whether it's, Hey, I don't know the playbook yet. I'm not up to speed in the mm-hmm. systems. He was getting taken out of uh uh, difficult matchups and defensive zone draws. He was getting sheltered a little bit by Sheldon Keefe. You can't play those games in the playoff. You have to have your best foot forward in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I think you need time to grow into an NHL role, especially when you're a kid who has only played at the NCAA yes. level. Like the, to expect him to just be a world beater right away, or to know ever to know how to be an NHL pro immediately was always far fetched. I mean, I think if push comes to shove, maybe you can shepherd him along mm-hmm. during the playoffs if someone is injured and you don't want to go with Simmons and you feel like that's your only option I don't think it's necessarily going to be the worst thing in the world he might have some games where he plays six seven minutes and that's okay but you have to grow into an NHL role and he's not being given that opportunity because his team went long his team went to the frozen four final and lost he went back to school again after the opportunity to come out next year mm-hmm. he hasn't had that build-up process and to expect again him to jump on this moving train be an all-star, a rock star against the Tampa Bay Lightning in a must-win playoff series was always really and extremely hopeful. I will say yesterday, just to you know, make sure that I check myself, I said put him in the lineup, and I think you did too. Of course. But, see it. Let's see it. Yeah, I, I said put him in the lineup because you only have three opportunities here before the and real season starts. And he should play the next starts. two games and as well. And he should. He should play both games. And maybe tonight against Tampa Bay Lightning, we see a little bit more of a comfortable Matthew Nyes, a guy that's at least had more than 24 hours to be in a Maple Leaf sweater. I think that's going to only bode well for him. But in the next three games, and now two remaining, I don't know what he has to do to earn a legitimate game one role. And I don't think there is an answer to that. And that's fine because he's going to have, I hope, a really big impact on this team moving forward. I don't think that there's a, a zero possibility that they do find a way to sprinkle them in in the playoffs. Let's say like they go down and they need a different look and they need energy. I can see that happening, but not game one. Sorry. If you're down 3-1 and you can't score, yeah, yeah, maybe. But Sam Lafferty was brought here to do a job and to do a job that's different than the job that Matthew Nyes would do for this team. 
Zach Aston Reese has been a big part, has been a fixture on a fourth line that's been better than any single fourth line that you presented over the last few years and lost. Mm -hmm. You don't want to mess that up because you want, you know, to a show of goodwill, a little extra scoring, maybe, which is unproven scoring at the depths of your lineup. Like that is just what 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 have we been doing all year? What have we been building for? What did you go and, and fix these issues or mm-hmm. apparent issues for if this was always going to be the recourse late in the season? I, I don't think you're just shoehorning this guy into the lineup because he's a guy we've talked about a lot. I will say, and they made this point um, last night in a Leafs talk, which I was listening to, of course, um, that it feels like they've kind of put a lot of eggs in one basket here that they're going to want to play him because, as we just mentioned, they have had back-to-back games with an e-bug situation because of this cap maneuvering. Like, they obviously focus on signing Matthew Nyes and not being able to do the e-bug, uh, not being able to do the emergency recall, mm-hmm. which I just we will touch on that in a minute because it's kind of crazy. They made this issue themselves, and the NHL said, no, no, we're not going to, you know, bend the knee for you. But they really wanted to get him in these three games. Is it to get the, get him in these three games and that's it? Like, don't you feel like there's a little bit of like, oh, okay, buddy, like we've put a lot on this. Let's no, see. I think it's get him into these three games because there are injuries in the well, Stanley yeah, Cup playoffs. And if he comes cold like he did last night for the first time ever in a Stanley Cup playoff game and you get those couple turnovers mm-hmm. that he coughed up on a single shift and they end up in your back of your net, you're going to be kicking yourself for not getting him at least – as acclimatized as possible when you could have in low stakes games or no stakes games, which these last three are. So I feel like it's just, hey, we need someone to be, this is an option Mm -hmm. for sure. It's an option, but I think it's an option more so if there's desperation or injury. If you played three games, it's a big difference in playing zero and putting a jersey on for the first time. Because that feeling out process that we saw last night that (laughs) wasn't all that impressive is going to happen in a playoff game and that you cannot have. So these three games are important just to make him an option, I believe, Mm -hmm. if if you do need him. But from what I saw last night, and again, he could change it. He could be an absolute world beater tonight and do even more against the New York Rangers. Would that change your perspective? I mean, if it's undeniable, it's undeniable. Well, yeah, if he gets but four it, But goals. it wasn't, right? Mm-hmm. It was not. And and there was a couple moments, one good, one bad. The rest sort of just he blended into the game. And blending into the game is fine. But there was a good moment where he kind of like shook Mark Stahl a little bit and was showing some of that like poise mm-hmm. and confidence and what he can do with the puck. And then there was a shift with multiple giveaways and one of them should have been in the back of the net. So there's good, there's bad. There's a lot of just a wash. And I'm not looking for wash. I'm looking for impact. And guys like Lafferty have had impact moments. Zach Daston Reese has had impact moments. Other guys that have played for this Leafs team that were brought on, especially midseason, have had impact moments and time to acclimate themselves. So uh, they definitely, for me, have the, the serious leg up. I think there's few college kids that are going to make this transition seamlessly. Mm-hmm. And that is just the way that hockey goes. Like you could, you could be... Adam Fantilli, who just won the Hobie Baker, and you step in, and I don't think anyone's expecting you to be top six. And maybe we just got really excited, and I hope that that's the future. We did definitely get very excited for him. He does have two more opportunities to kind of, like, settle in. He doesn't know how to practice with the team yet. There's a lot of reasons why we're not coming on here, like, wearing a Matthew Nice jersey. <laughs> but nonetheless, like, he's got a lot of, like, little things that popped out yesterday in how many t- he played, 13 minutes. 
They saw 13 minutes of opportunity for a kid that came out of college 24 hours ago to make an impact on a Maple Leafs team, as he said, in must-win situation with lineup fluctuations, injuries, last-minute auditions. He wasn't really supposed to play, and now he's in. Like, There's a lot of reasons why last night was probably really difficult for him. Uh, I want to play a couple clips because we get, got an opportunity to hear from the kid for the first time in the Toronto media. Um, he talked about what some of the biggest adjustments are coming from college to the NHL. I'm sure there's going to be lots of them, and he felt quite a few of them in 13 minutes last night. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a pretty big step. Um, you know, guys are a lot heavier, a lot faster. Um, you know, it's it's a pretty big adjustment, but, you know, I think, uh, you know, the more games I kind of get under me, you know, I think the more I can get adjusted to the speed and, um, you know, my awareness would, would get a little bit better. So, um, you know, I think overall, I think uh, it was a good performance, but, um, yeah, I think the, the speed and the heaviness of the players is, is definitely an adjustment. Big time. Speaking of speed and heaviness... It looks a little smaller than advertised, no? Well, everyone said he was going to be this big, booming. Big power forward. I mean, he looked like a big power forward in college. Yeah. To scale, right? This is also the, the NHL. NHL scales a little bit different. Yeah, he, he didn't look as big as I expected him to look. And he d- did look big and bruising and imposing mm-hmm. in the highlights and the, and the very small sample yes. that I saw pl- him playing in the NCAA. Looked like a man among boys. NHL level a little different, right? Yeah, I would. I would think that the NHLers are a little beefier, mm-hmm. a little stronger, a little faster, faster, a little harder to play against. So, so his edges minimized, right? Hundred percent, and that's expected. And uh, but imagine but, one off season when he trains with the Leafs and he's with the, the development staff. He's on the ice with the guys. He's acclimated to he's, the system. And he's playing and not thinking. He's there's, there's thinking. You think you got to think because the the game is different. You got to think mm-hmm. about where you're supposed to be because you le- just learned a dis- different system. You can't think. You got to be able to just play. And That's he's not true. at the point where he can just play. You're right. Like getting plopped into something, you don't think he's thinking, overthinking every single possession, every single opportunity because it's, you know, it feels like a tryout. Mm-hmm. Even though he's made the team, it's definitely a tryout for what's going to happen down the road. I'm sure he knows the stakes. I'm sure he knows uh, where the opportunity might be to sneak into the lineup. It's not big. So I'm sure there's a lot of tightening of the the grip on the stick and thinking, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. Um, and, and, a, and a little learning curve in that, okay, I, I did this little chip play on the boards every single time in college. And it worked work. every single time, and it didn't work, and it ends up being, you know, a one-on-oh on Elias mm-hmm. Samsonov because that little thing didn't work. So you got to, like, remove things that don't work for your game and apply things that will work and that are safer and that you maybe turned down doing in college because that was not the highest percentage mm-hmm. play because it didn't it didn't uh it was more safe or it was uh it was less of an ambitious play or decision so he's just got to acclimate and change his game and it's going to take time and uh yeah there's still time for him to prove himself over the next couple games here but it just seems like you know it, it was always a little too optimistic here's head coach sheldon keith talking about matthew nye's debut and uh kind of the little wildness leading up to how this happened on a Monday night in Florida. If I did a good job, I thought the pace didn't phase him at all. His feet were moving. Uh, he made some smart plays with the puck. You know, there's a couple of mistakes out there, but uh, I think some mistakes are good because you can learn through that and, and adjust your game, which I thought he did. So I thought he did a nice job. Listen, he's hasn't been easy for him you know, in terms of what he's been through, uh, not just in the devastating loss that they had for such a long season, 
but just the turnaround to get here and his day today. I don't know how much he enlightened you about that, but his day leading up to the game and then getting here to the arena. Even I went to go talk to him just before warm up, and he was still talking to doctors and going through all the all the medical stuff that they have to do. It's it's not you can't just show up and play in the NHL. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of hoops to jump through and clear in terms of the medical process that normally is done in training camp, but uh, not an easy day for him both today and yesterday. Uh, so it was, I thought it was a good effort from him, and, and that was, it was nice to be able to get him in and get him involved, and the guys really supported him tonight. And I can't wait to see what a settled-in 24-hours-later version of Matthew Nyes You know, they play again tonight against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Here we go. It's their first-round opponent. Um, they've got opportunity. I have no idea how the Maple Leafs are going to approach tonight because, first of all, I don't know who's going to be in net. Yeah, I think we should go to Chouinard the, uh, off that, a good segue, because, yeah, yeah it's dicey. It's, uh, I don't... I, my first rule, under no circumstances, the Elias Samsonov should be playing tonight. Lose the game 10 nothing. I Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. If Nick Chenard has to wear one, thanks, buddy. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll help you out. We'll give you all the memorabilia in the world. We'll give you every single jersey, T-shirt, bit of swag that we could find. We'll make you, mm-hmm. we'll make it worth your while as much as possible. But, but we cannot have Elias Samsonov on the second half of back-to-back. And again, I don't know if he's just, you know, a little banged up, a little sore, whatever. But he's always flexing. He's always wincing. I don't know if it's just him milking or whatever. But especially against a Tampa team, they'll have the opportunity to play physical against him if given that opportunity. Under no circumstances do I want to see Ilya Samsonov in net for the Maple Leafs tonight. I could not agree more. They've put themselves in this peculiar situation, which hasn't happened much, where the NHL declines your bid to have an emergency call up for Joseph Wall because they said that the Maple Leafs put themselves in the situation. Do you buy it? And they did put themselves in the situation. An emergency of their own creation? Was that the Friedman line? Yes. So I don't ma- want uh, paraphrasing, but yeah, no, no, an emergency of their own creation. So yesterday, the Leafs are forced to use this emergency backup goalie from the Owen Sound attack. And I'm sure our buddy from Owen Sound, Sam McKee, was fired up. Mm-hmm. Great city. Um, he had to sign the ATO on Monday to play, um, to backup, sorry. They, the Leafs were seeking this emergency exemption to recall Joseph Wall, However, the NHL determined that the Leafs created their own emergency conditions, thus preventing them from recalling a goalie. So because they decided to sign Matthew Nyes, and that was a priority for them, which clearly has been for a while, they created the emergency, which the NHL just said, too bad, screw you guys. You got you to get an ATO up here. You can't have Joseph Wall. You can't circumvent the rules. And I get it because technically that is what happened. But you see... What, Mark Stone all of a sudden coming back from LTIR? Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Felino all of a sudden, one week before the playoffs, these guys are healthy and they're going to be fine. They just like, pop out of the dressing room. It's actually <laughs> the it's videos are hysterical. There's yeah. so many teams. Uh, half the Arizona Coyotes are retired and do not play in the NHL. There's like, if you're picking and choosing, it's. It, it makes you laugh that the Maple Leafs got this, which I've never seen before, where they are declined an opportunity to bring up their age goalie. If that's going to be the standard moving forward, I'd love to see it. But it just it made me laugh a little bit. That's I mean, all. it is nonsense. It is nonsense. Like the rules by which this game is governed, nonsensical a lot of the time. To not to not be given the chance to have a goaltender because you want to sign one of your players, use one mm-hmm. of your contract spots, it's very, very stupid. However, yeah, uh, I guess they could have avoided if if they just signed Matthew Nyes a day later. Yeah. Right? 
Like I, they could have avoided. And it. if he did, so he but wouldn't have played. But they wanted Matthew Nyes to play. And and so let's say they did sign him a day later. The process, as Sheldon Keith mentioned, he wouldn't have played yesterday. He probably played tonight. So, and, is, and is that okay? Maybe is that the risk it's reward? It's only okay if weighing? you don't have to put Ilya Samsonov in net tonight. If Ilya 100%. Samsonov is even on the ice for warm-ups, my stomach's starting to hurt because this guy is sheltered. <laughs> he's going to have to be on the ice he, for warm-ups. He's had to, he has had to take a lot of pucks in the last little while, and he played incredible last night. Let's he just, was let's just say this: night. he has definitely thrived under the additional workload. He's looked, I, who. I was gonna say I feel more confident than I ever have in the goaltending, no, but it. I do. Say it with your chest. I do. And you just you should say it. Ilya Samsonov is dialed in like I haven't seen all season long, but you don't want to tiptoe around that becoming Ilya Samsonov has a little bit of a bump or a bruise or a tweak because, and I think he's also a little bit of a dramatic goaltender at times, and that's fine. But in the broadcast, we're zooming in on Ilya Samsonov's eyes every time that a, like a, a, a shot hits him in the chest, and it's like, <gasps> and that's how I feel watching him. <gasps> you know, Ilya Samsonov cannot get injured. So if you have to play Buddy from, I don't know, your what's your Screaming Eagles? What's your team called? The Flying Monkeys? Screaming Eagles? Whatever your beer league team is, get your goaltender there. Ducks. Swing ducks. Same thing. It's exactly the same. It's screaming yeah. Eagles, the flying monkeys, and the dogs. <laughs> Nonetheless, he cannot play tonight. He can play against the New York Rangers. Sure, wrap 100%. up this regular season. 100%. But a back-to-back against, as you mentioned, it's the Tampa Bay Lightning as well. It's different if they're playing a team that we don't think is going to be. Corey Perry sniffing around. 100%. He's going into the crease, and he's mucking up the net. So this will all age a little bit better if today they've been able to either get Joseph Wall up or get a guy that's going to play in net that I don't care who he is. I think Leaf fans would have a reason to be pissed off if yeah. Samsonov plays a second half of a back-to-back, even if he gets through unscathed tonight, if he has it's to do worth it the risk. just for the one extra game of Matthew no. Nice. No. It, the, it's untenable, Justin. Grounds to untenable. be pissed off if that's, if that's what they indeed chose. And they knew. This isn't a surprise to them. They weren't just like, oh, an email came across their desk and like, oh, we can't bring up someone. No, no I, Brandon Printham wrote the salary cap. Yes. He knows exactly what's going on. They knew. But Sheldon keeps and they doing made a good job decision. at making it seem like he has no idea what's going on. Well, he might not know because he's trying to like separate himself okay, from it. Still. But they knew and they made that decision. They made it consciously. And if that decision includes back-to-back games for Elias Samsonov because you don't want to hurt Nick Chenard's feelings or the... Equivalent to Nick Chenard on another ATO tonight, then we have problems. <laughs> we have problems. There has to be a sacrificial lamb, unfortunately. It's there funny. has to be. Yeah. Somebody needs to hit waivers. <laughs> Send somebody out. Just the yeah, door. we need a mercenary. And that mercenary may be someone who just gets absolutely shelled, but who cares? Forty six shots last night, Elias Sam. It should be a challenge, in fact. It should be the David Ayers challenge where you just don't allow shots against the team you're playing in the Stanley Cup playoffs because you got some mm-hmm. Owen Sound plater in net. I know it's the attack now. Some Owen Sound attack in Platers. net. Platers. The old Platers. Wow, it's a throwback. Mm-hmm. It's a good name. I like Platers better. Nah, I like the attack. Anyway, it's uh, it's very, very, very promising to see Ilya Samsonov playing the way he is, but I do not want to push that over the edge against the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight, who I'm sure will be gritty and... I'm sure we'll want to and kind of desperate, right? poke the Maple Leafs like and the, get them on the type of style of play that they don't want to play. They may be feeling good about themselves, like they may still have that confidence, but they're reeling a little bit. Three straight losses, three wins in the last 10 games. Mm-hmm. You don't think they 
there might be some desperation where we're like, we need to do something. The test for we them. We need to do something. Can we get them down to their third goaltender? If Ilya Samsonov plays tonight? God. You can't you can't trust that. There's no way he's Isn't in there tonight. always a player on the team that would be like, hey, I could strap on the pads too? <laughs> Dalton Varsho style? Yeah, no, like I am pretty sure that it, in previous iterations of the Maple Leafs that there has been somebody that said, hey, if it needs to happen, like we need a backup backup, like Luke Shen's good net. I don't care who it is. I hate the e-bug, but I will take the e-bug over. I was going to say, look at William you. William Nylander strapping You're pumped about on. the e-bug now. I hope it's a great story. I don't even care. But they can't play tonight. So Maple Leafs got the Tampa Bay Lightning, 7 p.m. Uh, we'll have, guess what? We have Matthew Nye's goal props up. I I, I might have bet it last night. Oh, it was up before the game? I couldn't find it. I got a plus 380 on it. All right. It's plus 330 today. So he's Oh, they like what impressed. they saw. The books like <laughs> the books what they are saw. pumped about Matthew Nye's. Anyway, I think there's a lot of promise there. I think the Maple Leafs need to play it safe with their netminder. I thought it was great to see Austin Matthews hit 40 goals. Mitch Marner, one point away from 100. I think that's going to be a push. It's a nice, you want to hit 100. You oh, don't want to hit 99. They're, they're <laughs> definitely very aware of where they stand, yeah. and I think they're all pretty fired up. I, I got to say, John Tavares scoring two yeah, minutes and 26 talk about seconds in overtime winner. is an absolutely nutso conclusion to a Maple Leaf game, maybe the most improbable of the entire season. I know he wasn't really skating hard in overtime. He was kind of just standing around, but... The fact that he had an extra gear after two and a half minutes was pretty, pretty surprising. I thought he was just going to dump it into the corner, but he uh, he went to the His net. Two he won and the a half race. minutes of OT was probably more than I played on average in my professional career on, in a game. Played on average, like an average. Oh, amount of time I was on you the ice. You only got two and a half minutes per game, buddy. Jeez, is that like? How much can you... Don't worry about could it. Could you deal with that? Like, were you, like, oh, still was, happy on the bench? You and, bet like, I was. Vibes coordinator. You got to be a good teammate to I play two and a half te- minutes. Good teammate. Anyway, I think you saw the excitement on John Tavares getting that goal. You got people peeking at the right time, just hoping that uh, William Nylander follows suit. I thought Nylander was pretty good last night. Yeah, we're on the way up, so... Things are looking good. Honestly, feeling I'm feeling comfortable right now. We have two more games for the Maple Leafs that really, as we said... Don't matter for standings-wise, matter for vibes, matter for health, matter for just getting players to milestones. I think that'll be huge. Uh, Mitch Marner, as we said, 99 points. Got two more chances to do it. Austin getting 40. Like, these are things that matter to these guys, whether they say it or not. Nice to have. Not at the risk of Elias Hampson off getting hurt. So that's all that matters. Yeah, focus on those milestones. All right, we got the Leafs tonight. Uh, obviously, the Toronto Blue Jays start their home stand um, back at the Rogers Center, the new-look Rogers Center as well. But maybe a more exciting game i can easily say that because i was there it was canada united states yesterday um the round final round robin game of the women's world championships in brampton and my god was i ever happy that i made the trip out to brampton for that because it was probably one of the best and i've seen a, a bunch of canada usa i've never seen them play for a gold medal at the olympics or at a world championship because they've never been really local mm-hmm I've seen rivalry series, I've seen exhibition, and I've seen them obviously play against each other all the time in the PWHPA and in the CWHL. But that was maybe the best one I've ever been to. Really? It was awesome. It started from me pulling into the parking lot and seeing a sea of Canadian fans tailgating. Mm. I don't even know if that's allowed. No, I don't think it is. Eh, whatever. They, they were they're Pepsi. They were... It was an it was a scene. That place was bumping. There's like outdoor um, areas, like activation areas. Inside, there's like games and fun things for fans. It was a full on party. 
And I showed up like two hours early just to check it out. It was awesome. So the vibes, obviously immaculate for Canada, United States, sold out crowd. Kids up on the glass, signs. Like, you know, when you go to Leafs games, like Mitch Marner, trade me for a puck. Like the kids brought out fun signs. The, the girls were flipping pucks over, playing rock, paper, scissors. Like it was a really awesome environment. The game, though, unreal. Mm-hmm. And these guys, they when they play against each other, obviously there's this like a level of, of intensity and hatred between them. But last night was it was something special. The game ended in a shootout, which we'll get to. But I actually saw a guy, and I want to get your take on this. I saw a guy in the stands with a split, and I know Haley Salvi and I sat together. She tweeted out a split jersey, Canada, USA. I think that's Moon Jail. Just a big fan of the rivalry. Moon Jail. You can't wear that. Nah, it's, and pr- it's and, pretty sacrilegious. And I tried to figure out, is there an actual way that this person is related? No. There's no, like, you can't be related to two. Uh, that would be crazy. I racked my brain, and there's no way that, that no. this guy has an excuse. I mean, the rock, the rock came into my head, La Rock and Rock, but they're not related, right? The Rock? La Rock. Jacqueline and Abby La Rock, rock? And Abby Rock. Oh, no, no. They're no. completely different I was just like, names. is that a chance? No. Yeah, one those, is those are definitely different R-O- last names. Q-U-E, I believe, and one's La Rock. The Q-U-E should be Canadian. You tried. She, yeah, she actually has Canadian but roots. She was Q-U-E. born there outside of Sudbury. So you guys see, I'm sniffing around it a little bit. I was trying. I was trying to help this guy out. It's a bad look. A hundred percent. He should not be wearing that. But uh, maybe, again, just fans of the rivalry. You can be a fan of both teams, I guess. Fan of watching that game. And why wouldn't you be? Like, if you didn't like my Matthew Nye's take and you thought I missed some nuance in his game, it's because I was being, I was pretty distracted by the Canada-United States game at the Women's World Championship. It was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And it was only unbelievable because of weird things happening late. Okay, it got really funky in the end. Because Let me tell you that. for... 55, 56, 57 minutes, it was all Canada. Like, Canada was mm-hmm. easily superior in yep. that game, and they brought it to the Americans for the large portion of that game. But like we see oftentimes in big games where there's a lot of motion and stakes, uh, if things start to slip, they can slip fast. And the sequence of events... It's all momentum. The sequence of events for that to go from a 4-1 game, like in hand, bird in hand, Canada walking away with the, the top seed and going into the 3-1. knockout round... But it was 4-1 for a second, right? So it was 4-1. Sarah Fillier scored a goal that was disallowed to make oh, it 4-1. Okay, so the saying. sequence of events there, it's like, okay, 99.99% well, yes, yes. Okay, but when a puck went in the net, 99.9% yeah. Canada winning this game for sure. The goal gets called back, I guess, rightly so. Mm-hmm. So, so it's back to 3-1. Then the 3-2 goal is scored. All this is happening in a matter of like, what, two minutes, three minutes? There was, yeah, less than three minutes left in the game. 3-2 goal is scored, but it was clearly offside. And did you see it live? Like, does everyone in the building know? So this is the U.S. one you're talking about? Yeah, the one, the 3-2 goal for the United States. Let me just tell you what happened. Because, so so Laura Stacey, bestie of the show, gets the empty netter. Never met her. So, first of all, we got Poulin scoring an awesome goal. We got Laura Stacey, my two BFFs, scoring goals. I'm in the press box trying to, like, contain myself. And I'm beside Haley Salvian, who's a professional, has done this before, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like selling, she's like, you can't do that. I'm like, I can't contain myself, Haley. So I'm like, like silently screaming. Anyway, so they go up three one, and there's less than a minute and a half left in the game, and the scoreboard dies. Okay, so the scoreboard died before Fillier scored yeah. the four one goal. That didn't count. No, it, it's three one for real at this point. Okay, scoreboard dies. All the lights on the scoreboard on the far, the far scoreboard because there's two. So at we can this blame arena. Brampton basically. It's 
black. There's nothing. No lights, nothing, no clock counting down. And the play continues for 45 seconds and everybody's screaming at the refs like, the clock, the clock. But it's so loud in that barn that I'm sure nobody heard. But Is what? this before or after Philly scored that goal? I know you... After. Like... Okay. After. Because they went and they reviewed that goal. And yes. did they review the clock at that point? That is so irrelevant to this point. Of the it is because everything no, went no, no. crazy at that point. Philly's done. Moving on. Okay. It's 3-1 in the game. Okay. There's a minute and a half left in the game, and we're watching the scoreboard is not working. Okay? Mm-hmm. And not only is the scoreboard not working, nobody's able to communicate with the refs. I don't know why the people in the box and just press the buzzer, right, to tell them that, but I guess the play is going on. And the Americans score a goal, which is clearly offside. Mm-hmm. Clearly offside. Mm-hmm. And I am a Canadian, and I love the Canadians, but I'm telling you, that goal was offside. And you could see on TV and you could see it. that she was offside, but you couldn't see actual legitimate proof of it. At this point, there's no scoreboard going on. There's no clock, and they end up scoring a goal. It was Hillary Knight, right? Mm-hmm. And they go and celebrate, and everyone's up in arms because nobody, A, knows how much time is left, and B, it was offside. So they go through a, probably a 10-minute delay trying to figure out what's going on with this scenario. At first, it was trying to figure out the clock because... You kind of need to know that now it's 3-2 and was how much time was left the game? Was the game over? Who knows? And then during that review, the Canadian bench actually calls for um, an offside review. Right. But I actually think at this point, the IHF has no idea how to review this because they don't know how much time. The and referees were looking at monitors, but I, I think... But they... So they're using the three letters broadcast, right? Yeah, which did not have a good look at it. And that's it. Yeah. It came down to that. They yeah. couldn't see... But it was clearly offside. Now, it's funny because if you try to go find this video online, like IHF didn't tweet out this this goal because it was offside. I don't and think everybody they, oh, they knew didn't tweet it, it out was at all? offside and they're getting ratioed because it, everyone knew. But again, there was no there was proof no on way the to broadcast. Do it, there was zero the, evidence. Then the refs it. missed it and whatever. They go down 3 2. Uh, so, yeah, the US goes down 3 yeah. 2. And. It's a fiasco because now they have to figure out how much time was left. And I think they put on like 38 seconds or something. And the United States score with 3.3 seconds left in the game. And and the thought was that they put too much time on the clock. And they could have because nobody knows anything. This arena was made in 1920. Well, the score clock didn't work, Justin, right when it needed to. It was like someone pulled the plug, probably an American. There should have been (laughs) a backup clock. I mean. Anyway, it ended up the, the... the dramatics of it, you couldn't have wrote anything crazier. They get this goal, which is obviously controversial. Then they get another one with three seconds left. Then we go to OT, and Anne Renee, on her birthday, made, I don't know, five incredible saves. She's a brick wall. They're going back and forth. I thought Poulin, here we go, golden goal once again. And I just saw Tavares on my timeline scoring. I'm like, here we go. Both captains are going to score. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen. Then they go to a shootout. And it's like, uh, what, nine or ten round shootout. They put Hillary Knight in for three shots, which yeah. I'm like, okay, who are you? MPP had two, missed yeah. both. Anyway, it was awesome game. And if they had lost that game, I think there would have been a riot because it was just, it was so poorly managed at the end. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't know how it could have been avoided. Obviously, like I'm like tripping uh, the arena or whatever. Back, back up clock pretty much been, in every yeah. sporting event, just in case that happens. I'm so glad the Canada won that because it felt like it was it was stolen from them, if not. Like it truly, like it was, they won the game. That's what I was saying. The sequence of events, like, and I was, you know, I'm watching because I want Canada to win. We also had it our wake and rake. And I'm like, how are we going to lose this? How is this going no, to slip away crazy. from 4-1 
to, okay, you need two reviews to go the Americans' way. You need them to score two goals. You need there to be a clock <laughs> malfunction. You need there to be no actual evidence of an offside that was clear and obvious, but you couldn't see it on the actual review. Like, it seemed like everything was going Canada's way or against Canada. Mm-hmm. And then that Jamie Lee Rattray always steps up, does she not? Another friend does of the she show. She's all, been on. Does she not always step up in big moments yeah. for Canada? Like, it, MPP obviously gets all like the, oh, yeah, always mm-hmm. steps up big moment because that's MPP. But it feels like, you know, she's kind of 13th forward all the time. Yeah. No, she's and if you call on her, you tap on the shoulder. Hero, really. She always does something positive for Canada. Mm-hmm. And she w- scores the shootout winner after nine rounds. So shout out to her. She get she deserves a shout out for, uh, for ending what was. It was kind of painstaking, honestly, it, that shootout. It was like, are you kidding me? Like someone put yes. it in the back of the net because I'm Great living saves. and dying like, on both this. Both goaltenders stood on their head. It, but then you got like Hillary Knight flubbing it at one point. Yeah, it was I like, know. oh, like, man, okay, come on. Put someone else in. I mean, no, actually, don't. I'm yeah, good don't with you put it, Don't put anyone else in that. But it was a it was great scene, great theater. The arena was absolutely one of the best crowds of, of any hockey game I've been to. Just so much fun. I hope you get a chance to go check out some, obviously, Canada's moving forward. Um, hopefully, we see these guys Sunday at the gold medal game, which we can definitely try to get to as well. But uh, that's it. That's the rivalry. That Those are the girls that are the best players in the world and they're working on a league and, and hopefully by the end of this world's uh, world championships, we have some good news to share with you, but do you look at that and you think they need to be doing this consistently in a professional hockey league where these girls can play and thrive because there was not only the next generation in the stands um, fans from all over came. It just, it felt like such an important moment for women's hockey to continue to build on. So that's not it, though. That was the round robin. <laughs> Can it get much better? I have literally no idea how, uh, but it was so much fun to be at. I will say, though, if you're going to Brampton, prepare to sit in the parking lot for 47 minutes, which is how long it took me to exit the parking lot after the game. I'm not even kidding. 47 minutes. Mm-hmm. I sat in the parking lot. A poor layout of the CAA Center exiting yeah. strategy. I sat in my car. I do remember waiting to exit a time or two as a child after battalion games sitting in the car for a long time. Yeah, I don't know how they haven't fixed that, but whatever. I was fired up. I was there like, I don't know if I can exits? drive right now. My heart rate was so high. <laughs> there are multiple exits, but they seem to only offer one to fans, which is it was pretty odd. crazy. Like they need more traffic cops or whatever out there because it was starting to get a lot of honking, a lot of angry fans are like, I need to get home. Like I got four kids in the car and it's I didn't get home till midnight. After that game. And then you watched the Leaf game. So it was a lot. Uh, so worth it, though. Canada-USA uh, shootout win. Uh, they'll probably face each other again, hopefully, in this tournament. And uh, I hope to, to be able to have the same positive vibes coming. But a wake and rake win for your Canadians, for us as well. Um, leading into a good night ahead for the Toronto Blue Jays. We're here for the home opener. It's going to be awesome. Um, definitely as I mentioned, I bought tickets for that. Um, going as a fan, which is a different experience than last night. And I, I, just one more thing about that: being a, in a press box, trying to contain yourself is tough. I'm glad that tonight I just get to be a fan for the Blue Jays because it's going to be a really fun one. Obviously, there's a lot of pre-field ceremonies. Um, they're going to do individual awards for Alejandro Kirk, who won the Silver Slugger, Go- uh, Jordan Romano, who won the Tip O'Neill Award, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who won the Golden Glove. Um, they're going to honor. First baseman and National Baseball Hall of Famer, Fred McGriff, your favorite. The crime dog. Uh, he's going to throw out the ceremonial first pitch. So all of that's going to happen. So make sure you get there early. We're going to have fan drive time with our guys, uh, Ennis and Murphy, live from the Sportsnet Grill from 5 to 7. The game's obviously at 7 on 590. You can catch that at sportsnet.ca as well, 590 in the Sportsnet app. 
So the pregame ceremonies are going to uh, air live on Sportsnet and Sportsnet now at 6 p.m. So if you're tuning in, turn on your TV early, turn on the radio and listen to the guys tee it up. Fans are strongly encouraged to get there early. The gates are going to open at 5. I'm sure there'll be a lengthy lineup to get in early, to get in first, to get yourself on the concourse and check it out. So if you're listening and you're headed down there, get there early. Like, Don't mess around. You don't want to miss all this stuff because it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's definitely going to be awesome. Got to get down there early because there's so much going on. But also, if you want to check out those new amenities, I would get there quickly because it's I feel be like there's going to be some competition <laughs> out there for some zoo. of the cool stuff that we saw. And again, like if we're, I know you're sitting in the seats tonight and you're not going to venture too far around. Maybe mm-hmm. you're going to hit the Schneider's porch. I mean, let's be honest, right? I might wait let's to do honest. that for Looney Dogs. Okay. Which is April 25th. But yeah, I mean, calendar. if you're going to sit in the seats, if you had to go, if you're going to do one mid-game 100% my mid-game trip since I'm in the 500s will be going to the Corona rooftop for one specific item or just the I want to check out the vibe because I said that that's going to be the hot spot this summer it'll be different because the dome will be closed but the vibe in there will be pretty crazy and I'm up there I'm 500s tonight like I'm Come on. I only won one rake and rake in the last little while, so mm. not rolling in it. Um, but I want to check out what that 500 level big Corona rooftop area is because it's going to be great. If I make my way down, I have to walk by the Rogers Landing and where the catch bar is, where the open, the bleacher seating is by the bullpen. I need to just see it. I need to look and watch how fans are reacting. One day I'd like to get there. There's no chance in the first like month I'm going to be able to get my butt in one of those seats or I guess bleachers because it's going to mm. be a zoo. But nonetheless, I want to see the fan atmosphere there with their new outfield seating. If I was there tonight, I would probably stay away from the outfield because I want to see what it looks like, mm-hmm. how it plays. I want to see you know how people, how fans interact with the new uh, seats, the new bleachers, the new uh, areas where you can just lean and watch the game. That's but true. I also want to see how the game is played out because we got a pulled in outfield. Yeah. We've got higher we walls. We haven't even talked about what the difference on the field is going to be like. Yeah, we've been talking like. about the fan experience. Like, it's going to look different in the outfield as well. And I do want to soak all of that in. So mm-hmm. if I was going there, if I was in, you know, if I was behind the plate, if I was uh, field level and either the first or, or third base line, I'd be sticking around there because I do want to see how the new game yeah. is played at Rogers Center because as as much as there's awesome new places to hang out, the game is going to look a lot different there now with the uh, outfield wall pulled in and just the new dimensions at the ballpark. So whether it's, it's awesome. amenities or the actual game itself, uh, lots of awesome stuff to look forward to tonight. All right, two more things before we take a break. Um, if you're taking transit tonight or today... Better be today. <laughs> Don't take it tonight because you'll be too late. I'm taking the way home. Yeah. Uh, great promotion in place courtesy of the TTC and Metrolink. So fans can travel on the TTC for free between 5 p.m. and 11.59 p.m. Eastern today. Wow. One minute before midnight. Metrolinx is offering free service on the GO train and the UP between 9 p.m. and 3.30 a.m. So you can zip around on the TTC in the downtown core to get to the Rogers Center. And on your way out, you could take the GO train in the up for free. Like that's, you could, that's like a 20 minute, $20 uh, charge sometimes if you're headed out. Like, mm-hmm. so even, that's, even that's more nice. reason to get into the new cocktails out there at the catch bar. Right. Be responsible, get there on transit and enjoy. And also, you get and to enjoy see, the free ride. You get to see Matt Chapman, American League Player of the Week. 
So we will tee this up in the wake and rake. I want to know who you think is going to be the first Blue Jay to get a home run at the new Rogers Center. I want to know in the wake and rake as well, but we can text that in 595. Place your net bets because there's going to be a home run tonight. Who's going to get the first one for the Toronto Blue Jays? You can send that in for us. 590, 590. Make sure you get there early tonight. Lots going on. Uh, we'll keep teeing that up today. Let's take a break. We've got the A-list on the other side, including something related to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Speak of the Blue Jays. Sportsnet 590. The Fan. Now it's time for hey, yo. the A-list. Bing bong. Bing bong. Bing. All right, we've talked a lot about Blue Jays and food and new things. Well, here's another one for you. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and her and his Hall of Fame Papa teamed up for an A&W burger. Oh. Called the Ringer Burger. And it actually sounds legit. You know mm. how uh, okay, don't doubt it until you hear it. I'm almost positive. I'm not going to like it. Okay. Well, you don't like many things in this life. That's true. So it's a Ringer Burger, and then you can also get the Ringer Papa Burger, because you know how they do that at a and and that's the father-son collab. Okay. So what it is, it's paired with smoky barbecue sauce. Okay. That's all right. Bacon and provolone cheese. Uh. The Ringer Burger is crowned with our signature onion rings for the ultimate crunch. Is that where they lose you? I figured there was an onion ring coming, and that's where I draw the line. Come on. It looks legit. Like... It's got red onion. Are you good with that? Onion on onion? Well, I, I guess what you're saying. So no, the I, famous I, onion rings, delicious grass-fed beef patty, smoky barbecue sauce, bacon and provolone cheese, as well as fresh red onion, lettuce, tomato, and pickle. I can deal with that. I would eat this. No doubt about it. I might even... I'm starving. I might get the papa version of this. What's the papa version? Two two patties. Oh, gosh. <laughs> No, I'm not. <laughs> no, I could, I could see myself eating the Ringer Burger. Like, it sounds great. It's tasteful. There's no stupid thing added on it. Like, I don't know. We're going to get a Vladdy commercial now, do you think? I hope so. Vladdy anyway, Vladdy. him and his, and and his dad. This is really sweet. I like it's that. obviously, and I, and I believe A&W is like the official burger of the Blue Jays, if right? The, if the Jays are willing to sell you a food item, you are, you're, you ask. Buddy, this one say, is so normal. I would certainly order this regardless <laughs> of it's Blue Jays propaganda okay, right, or not. Right, right. It sounds great. It sounds simple. It sounds like something I would do. I make it myself. You know how I put a hash brown egg muffin? It's like putting one onion ring on a regular burger. It's not a big deal. They say jump, you say how high. No problem. I'll eat whatever. Anyway. That's your, uh, your A-list. <laughs> food. <laughs> more food, more Blue Jays. That's your A-list. All right. Send in your picks. We got two people that are making predictions for the first Blue Jays home run of the year. We have George Springer on the third pitch. Very specific. That you heard that here first. Specific. I'm just going to screenshot these, actually, because I think then I can, you know, I'll know. Somebody said it. Um, and then I also have, I think Bo is knocking the first bomb. So you got two options there. Get in now while you can. And the first inning seems to be the preferred option. Make your predictions now. There's probably a bet there to make. Oh, I bet there is. We'll get those props going in the wake and rake. Um, all right, the rest of our show, jam-packed. We got someone that knows Matthew Nyes real well. Jason Buchla is going to join us on the other side of the break, see what he makes of Nyes' debut. Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA front office insider, is going to join us, talk about the NBA play-in tournament. A lot of drama going on right now in the NBA about... Uh, people circumventing, not the cap, but how they're going to deal with the draft picks. Um, obviously, talk about Raptors matchup against the Bulls, which is tomorrow. 
We'll tee that up today and tomorrow, of course. And then Caleb Joy- Joseph is going to join us, uh, former MLB catcher, current sports and analyst. It's been a while since we got to chat with him. He's back in the fold, obviously, the Blue Jays' home openers today. He's going to have a lot of insight as well about how catchers might be dealing or trying to work through the new pitch clock and also the pitch calm that we've seen some issues with. Maybe that's uh, that's fixing itself out. But we got Caleb Joseph at 8, the Wake and Rake at 8.30. We'll make a Blue Jays parlay as well for your home opener. All that to come on the Fan Morning Show. Jason Bukala next.